You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. It's Tuesday, so only a few more days to Christmas this Sunday and there's still plenty of time to get those last bits of Christmas shopping done. If you need a bit of inspiration for family members or friends who are into food and drink, I find that the food magazines usually have good guides with lots of suggestions at this time of year and, you know, there's always vouchers. I personally am a big fan of those. Somebody actually asked me at the weekend if I was all set and if I had done all my business with Sam and I had not and whenever I explained all of this the reply was I light a candle for you girl but I don't think there's any need to be lighting candles yet with still plenty of time and tonight I'm going to sit back and relax along with you because I've been out and about on my travels in the county and all of tonight's interviews are ready to go. We're going to start with Rosemary Bennis in Sona's health food shop in the heart of Newcastle West and Rosemary has some great suggestions about how to alleviate the heartburn indigestion and the headaches that might be self or not self-inflicted at this time of year. I pay a visit to the award-winning One Perry Square in Limerick City and have a chat with Patricia Roberts to find out more about the hotel and what it's like to be located in the heart of the city's Georgian Quarter. And finally, at the end of the show, I head out of the city just a little bit and call to Deirdre McMahon and Anne Maher at the Limerick Urban Co-op. If you'd like to get in touch with me to wish me a Merry Christmas, please drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisations and be sure to send me on who you'd like to see on the show in 2017. So as I said there, I was talking to Rosemary Bennis, proprietor of Sona's health food shop recently and trust me, If you enjoy your food and a few drinks at Christmas or even at any other time of the year, you're going to find what Rosemary has to say very, very useful. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Rosemary, this time of year, lots of excesses for all the right reasons, obviously, but indigestion, heartburn, headaches, be it from alcohol or maybe too much noise in the house, are going to be rife. So you have a few potential remedies. I suppose prevention is better than cure, we should say, but that's not always possible, is it? No, so one must be practical. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what to do about the noise in the house. (laughs) I think there is no remedy for that other than escape to the outdoors. It's probably a really good idea for a lot of people just to actually get out for 10 minutes if you can and um, just clear your head from the sort of battery toy uh, onslaught. But anyway, apart from that, say for tummy troubles, maybe people who especially might suffer poor indigestion anyway, and it can be enhanced, exacerbated this time of year. There are a few things that are quite easy to include. So I've just, maybe a few selections of teas might be nice. I mean, some people are allergic to herbal tea, but there's, there's really one for everyone. And some is a mint tea or a fennel tea or a chamomile tea can really, really help instead of yet another coffee. Like, enjoy the coffee and tea you sort of appreciate most. And then I think after a meal, mint is really nice, um, or chamomile or fennel at night. Um, It really does the job. They're digestives and they really help. So a simple little remedy and they can give great comfort. Um, Also, green tea. There's a reason the Chinese drink it with their food. It really helps digest fats and and break down fats. And it's lovely to drink. So if you're out in an Asian restaurant or having a Chinese takeaway at home or even just having a richer meal, a pot of green tea is surprisingly nice. It really is worth trying. It really makes it, you know, it helps digest and it's refreshing. 
you could also obviously there'll be a glass of wine going on for a lot of people but you could inter intermix them so that you keep hydrated as well and um, sometimes things like having water visible <laughs> not just in the Absolutely. tap Absolutely, it totally helps yeah it really yeah. helps yeah it really helps and then you can enjoy your drink have fun you enjoy your little rush but not get dehydrated and sort of suffer too much later um, especially if you're having a drink earlier in the day which some people do this time of year and they wouldn't always be used to mm. so I would say just alternate have a sparkling water with lots of lemon and then enjoy a second drink but you don't tend to guzzle it as much now tell me about green tea is it very high in caffeine good question and a lot of people think green tea has no caffeine but it does it's the same plant as our regular black normal tea mm. inverted commas as we call it same plant it's just leave, let out to dry longer and turns black and oxidizes that's what we know as our berries or our lion's tea green tea is a fresher version of it um, so it has lower, less caffeine because it's less dried and intensified, less caffeine than regular and certainly less caffeine than coffee, mm-hmm. but it has caffeine. But it, nonetheless, because it's balanced by the antioxidants in it and there's, ca- there's calming properties in green tea as well, it doesn't seem to keep people, keep, sorry, to keep people awake at night like a cup of strong black tea might. So it would be a good one to kind of include. Um, it's a bit of a taste adjustment. I'm, I'm inclined to not let it brew too long because it gets too bitter and you don't usually add milk. You could add some lemon if you wanted. But people get really used to it after a few days and find it very very soothing on um, a tummy that's a little bit out of sorts. I personally am a huge fan of green tea, but I do find lots of variations between different brands. So you have one particular brand here. Yeah, I do. This is an Austrian brand, Sun & Tor. They're actually really, they're a lovely company. They're very ethical and they... Yeah, they have huge heart in the products they put it they, they do so they have a lovely one it's essential green tea which is Japanese green tea it's a Japanese blend um, or variety and it's very I love it it's mild it's not bitter um, but I think a lot of it is how you brew it yeah. as well some of the tea bags use the cheaper brands they're bleach tea bags and I just think that comes through in the water honestly it depends as well on your water if you're finding the taste of your water in it use filtered or bottled water that can make a big difference um, there's a few different brands we do like um, little herbal blends as well and there's an oolong tea oolong is great in this country it's great for dampness so for kind of persistent congestion oolong is a great tea and it's just another variety of green tea okay and you also then have three mint and three fennel and the three fennel has a great taste award yeah it has these are excellent quality teas from a brand called pocket tea which is a really very highly ethical supplier which is nice to know as well um, but they use three different varieties of fennel and in their other one, the mint, they use three different varieties of mint. So you get a real spearminty, mint, fresh taste. And fennel is an excellent digestive. We would recommend this for babies, actually, and for mums who are breastfeeding, babies with colic. So it literally helps you break down. Um, and it's included, I've got, um, if you want to take a capsule of a digestive enzyme, that's another, that's a more medicinal route, a supplement route. Um, there's a particular one here um, where, which has digestive enzymes, which is literally giving your tummy more teeth and breaking down your food groups. But there's also um, digestive aids like ginger, um, fennel and mint included in that as well. Do you take that then before you have your meal or at what stage of the day would you take it? Yeah, you take it at your meal time. So ideally, sort of just before you have your meal, um, or first mouthful. If you, I tend, if someone who's, if you're at home and setting the table, I literally put one on the plate and then you take it. Or if you're out, just have a little pillbox in your bag and it's fine to take it maybe after the first mouthful or two. It does not much point in taking it after the meal because you need it at the start. Okay. Yeah, and it's not a supplement you take, you know, away from food. And is that um, 
particular for people that would suffer from heartburn and indigestion or is it just is it something that's good for everybody to take it's particularly for people who have digestive weakness and the symptoms of that would be um, there are many symptoms actually and they're very common so heartburn feeling overly full bloating flatulence um, acid reflux all of those conditions point to a lack of stomach acidity and a lack of enzymes so you replace them in this capsule version and it gives you just at that time it helps you break down your food better so for comfort it's very it's a very useful supplement and it can be used very safely alongside medications as well okay now tell us about the couple of other things you have here i see um aloe vera juice mm-hmm. aloe vera is basically your tummy's friend if you feel raw irritated burny that sort of thing it's kind of like nature's gaviscon that's how i'd say it and a swig of that morning and evening or on an empty tummy it really soothes it's kind of like the way I describe it is in summertime, you put aloe vera gel on sunburned skin. If we ever, well, it's not a luxury to have sunburned skin, but the thought of sun seems far. But um, in any case, that red, irritated, sore skin, you put on aloe vera gel from a tube or from a plant. And literally, if you think of your inner skin being inflamed and raw and sore, aloe vera juice cools, calms, is a great remedy. Great for heat. So if you're kind of a person who's just pulling off your jacket the minute you get into a room, Aloe vera is very helpful if you've red, flush skin, if you've irritated joints, inflamed joints, and if you've an irritated tummy. Aloe vera is really soothing. So if you're menopausal and having hot flushes, is that something that could help? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would be an addition. It's maybe, uh, there's a few herbs that might be a bit more pertinent, but certainly it's an addition. Yeah, and sometimes you might take one thing for your tummy and you find that something else benefits as well. So that's a win-win. Okay. Mm. And then the milk thistle, the complex tablets, what are these? Milk thistle is your friend if you're not able to hold your drink the same way as you would in maybe previous decades. Um, milk thistle is great for liver. Now, obviously, it's not just for drinks, but um, for overindulgence. Really, food overindulgence or, or drink or actually, actually, if somebody's on a lot of medication and they're fine, their liver's feeling the heat. Our liver processes everything. Our liver's our filter and our processor. Um, if I had any sense of car mechanics, I'd equate what it is in the car. But it's a little bit like getting, if you, if you treat your liver well, everything breaks down better and everything processes better. Milk thistle has, is a herb, very well known actually, be a very well known herb and widely used, which helps to regenerate liver cells and improves how your liver does its work. So just if, if you're a bit overloaded and feeling sluggish, um, feeling headachey, bit spots coming out around the chin and just a mad headache from a night out the night before milk thistle really helps ideally you take it before you go out and then when you come home again or the next day so you're saying that's good for preventing a hangover it's good for preventing a hangover but I have to say if you don't follow the kind of hydration you know steps outlined you know that's just nothing will protect against that but if you take your milk thistle keep the hydration swap your drinks for water um, during the night and take your milk thistle when you come home, honestly, it really helps. Some people absolutely swear by it. Now, you also have an apple cider vinegar there, and this is something now that I have a couple of bottles of at home, and I'd, I'd use it mainly for salad dressings. Mm, well, the good news is they don't go out of date, so you can keep cider vinegar for a long time. It's an excellent vinegar culinary use, um, because it's 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 not a sharp, even though obviously it's a vinegar taste, it's actually alkalizing. So um, it gives you that great cut and flavor if you need it to cut through in a salad dressing or actually to tenderize meat or marinades. Any, I really advocate using cider vinegar, apple cider vinegar anywhere where, say for example, a white wine or a red wine vinegar is used. 
because the health benefits are better. It's a much better process than process extraction than the other vinegars. But it would be our number one seller, actually, this, this product. So many people use it. The reason I mention it today is because it's an excellent one for a tummy that's weakened, as in, again, like earlier, that um, doesn't have the kind of digestive strength that it once would have. It naturally enhances your stomach acid which means that you break down your food better. It also helps to break down fats, and it also helps you absorb your minerals. So it's a really good digestive aid. A lot of people take it for joint pain and joint inflammation. It's sort of like an old folk cure, and it is very effective. Um, a lot of people with gallbladder trouble, people that probably breaking down fats, all that sort of thing, use it. I liken it, again, just to get the image in your head. If you think of, say, cleaning grime from a window with a little bit of vinegar and newspaper, old-fashioned thing you could do it's the same on the inside it's a degreaser and it helps you digest your food better so it's a little drop of that in hot water as a tea after a meal especially a meal that's not sitting well it just sorts it all right out way better than a rennie okay brilliant and just a couple more things then to talk about BioCult Advanced Multi-Strain Formula. What's this now? This is a probiotic. <laughs> the, the simple word for it is a probiotic, uh, which means beneficial bacteria, friendly cultures. Um, more and more is being researched and actually becoming known in the public domain about the role of friendly bacteria. These are the good guys, the guys that fuel your immune system, that actually feed the immune cells in your gut, help your gut do its job better, i.e. break down your food and have good internal transit. Um, improve the problems like bloating and the absorption of nutrients from your food. There's no end to what these little guys can do. You get them in natural yogurt, you get them in things like sauerkraut, kimchi, fermented foods, kefir, which a lot of people are getting into now. But honestly, the commercial strains of yogurts aren't left to culture properly or for long enough. So what I would say is do by all means get those foods in, as in the yogurts. But um, if you want a proper medicinal dose, get a capsule version with a, with a good high strength of a good quality. And it's just a fantastic remedy for a weak tummy, a bloated tummy. Um, if you're prone to picking up tummy bugs, if you find you're just not that regular and it's causing you a problem, um, excellent remedy and very, very safe from birth upwards. Okay. Yeah. And then finally, this little handbag size yes. container what's this yeah this is a little I guess it's like this is our uh, health store alternative to a Rennie shall we say it's a little oh, handbag yeah. size and what it is it's a little starch and peppermint tubal tablet it actually tastes lovely but what it does when you take it you chew it and it forms a little foam a barrier at the top of the tummy and stops that pesky acid reflux that kills people it comes up into their mouth and they feel awful so this doesn't actually change anything it's not a remedy to help improve it but it gives you relief without upsetting the acid alkaline balance in your tummy so it's a very safe little one because sometimes people find after lots of use of antacids they're actually they're getting worse and it's not giving them the same results so this is just an alternative and um, and a simple, effective one. We have pregnant ladies, actually, who find in the later trimester that they're getting just their tummy feels it's pushing up. This is a great remedy for them as well. Okay, fantastic. Well, a whole range of, of different products and items there, Rosemary. Thanks for telling us about them. I know a few people now that are going to have a happier Christmas as a result. Thanks a million. You're welcome. Thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM.
Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the full show later in the week on the podcast, which is on the website, SharonNoonan.com, or have a look there for it in iTunes to download free of charge, and you can listen to it using the podcast app. Just before the break, I was talking to Rosemary Bennis in Newcastle West's Sonus Health Food Shop, and Rosemary had lots of suggestions as to how we can alleviate the ill effects suffered as a result of overindulging, be it food or drink. So looking forward to trying some of those out in the next week or two. Still to come tonight, I'm out and about at the Urban Co-op in the Roxburgh Road in Limerick City and meet Deirdre McMahon and Anne Maher, Co-op members, to find out how the Co-op was started and what their plans are for 2017. Next, though, we're heading to the Georgian Quarter of Limerick City to meet Patricia Roberts at the city's finest boutique hotel, One Perry Square. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Patricia, a beautiful setting here in One Perry Square in the centre of Limerick. You're so lucky to be working in such a fab <laughs> environment. Thank you. Well, it is, uh, you know, I suppose Limerick's Georgia Quarter is, uh, has been a, a kept secret for a number of years until we opened here. Um, and it's, I, I guess we've brought quite a lot of life to Perry Square. And, and since then, we have welcomed lots of new residents to the square, which has been wonderful. Um, and with the People's Park across the road, um, it's been a wonderful resource for our guests who come to visit the city. How many years are you open now? We'll be eight years this week. And before that, it took a couple of years. You did a lot of work. There was a lot of sweat and tears, I would imagine, went into the building. Sweat and tears, you've got it right there. Um, Probably four and a half years in total. Two and a half, two two years of planning, um, you know, designing and planning, and two years of building. It was to be a 12-month build contract, but um, ended up to be a two-year build contract. And then we opened our doors um, in late September late September we tried to open our doors but it really was probably late October 2008 and we were fully operational by December 2008. And you really retained the integrity of the building with all the really old Mm -hmm. features from Mm -hmm. the windows to Mm -hmm. the the cornicing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Well I guess that was that was the overall mission it was to provide guests with a a true Irish uh, hospitality experience and I was lucky in my previous business I had travelled the world internationally and in Ireland quite quite a lot and stayed in hotels every night of the week and got to see a lot of what was happening in the hotel world um, and I felt you know we were losing our way a little bit with the guest experience and in Ireland in particular you know we'd welcomed a lot of brands and chains into the country um, but we were losing a lot of the independent uh, product and I suppose the true Irish genuine hospitality I felt was getting a little bit lost. So opening a property um, and offering people a guest experience in a true Irish Georgian house with genuine Irish hospitality was the core of what we wanted to achieve. You opened at a fairly challenging time now with the recession. We did, we did. Um, you know, I, gu- I guess, you know, we were so busy, or our heads were down, we were busy um, getting opened. It was a new property, everything was new, trying to, and, you know, dealing with a, the mix of an old and, and new business. Um, and, you know, we have, there's probably five or six different elements to our business, from spa to rooms to restaurant to afternoon tea um, to meetings, small meetings and private dining. So getting getting on top of all of that, we kept our heads down and and you know I, I I really think we were probably six to twelve months open before we really realized how bad the economic situation was in Ireland, 
Um, but at that stage, nobody was going to take the keys. <laughs> um, so, you know, we just kept the head down, worked through it. Um, I suppose maintaining the cost base was, was the big challenge. You know, um, we are a business all about people. And to be a business all about people, you need good people and good service staff to be able to take care of the guests. And that was a challenge. You know, um, because that's uh, probably one of the biggest challenges for any hospitality business is, is the labour cost of running a business. Um, so that was a huge, huge challenge that so we were, you know, and it's a, it was a big challenge. But, but we got there, you know, ma- managing the cost base and de- dealing with the banks, of course, was, you know, I, I don't need to talk about that. I think everybody knows how challenging that was. Um, but uh, we got through, you know, it did probably 2010 was actually probably more challenging than late 08 or late 09 late 2010 and early 2011 was probably more challenging and I think then in 20 late 2013 we began to see light city of culture 2014 was the catalyst that really ignited um, Limerick as a destination and it gave us the brand that we needed to attract more people to Limerick and in particular to the Georgian Quarter and of course the granny spent a bit of time uh, yes, in this granny, area as well it was just wonderful and you know one of the wonderful things about the granny is i think it um it brought a lot of people uh, national people and local county limerick people into the city and they fell in love with the city again you know they helped by the granny's visit they walked the city with the granny and they fell in love with the city again you know and i think they realized Suddenly, I think there was a little bit of awakening. Look what we have. Look at what we have, the physical aspects of the city. Now we have the Riverside Walk open. We have a new market down on the Riverside. The milk market has longer opening hours. Um, Parks well-maintained and lots happening. Really lots happening, which is wonderful. A year is a long time in a city. I even know that myself from maybe trips up to the north. And if it has Mm -hmm. been a year since I visited Mm -hmm. a particular place, Mm -hmm. everywhere is always improving and getting Mm -hmm. better. And Mm -hmm. Limerick is a shining example of that. It is, yeah. And, you know, our guests tell us all the time, um, especially at the weekend when you've got a lot of leisure guests staying and they have time to chat on checkout. They're leaving in awe of Limerick. You know, they come with low expectations but they leave with a wonderful guest experience of they, they feel they've really discovered an undiscovered leisure destination, which is wonderful, you know. Do you find that you have a, a good mix of international and Irish guests? We do now. Um, four years ago, five years ago, we probably saw the occasional tourist. Um, this summer, um, our occupancy would have been up on late 80s, um, percentage-wise, for July, August, and it was all international guests. And I think that for us was, was wonderful, you know, to be able to welcome so many international guests to the city. Um, you know, Limerick is, Limerick comes, you know, as you know, we're at the end of, and the start of the Wild Atlantic Way. And but we, yet we're providing a different experience, a more urban experience with a lot of culture and things to see in the city rather than maybe stay at an airport hotel. Um, and I think we were, that has really worked for the city, you know, and people then when they come expectations may be a little bit low but they're well exceeded by the time they leave and Limerick is so accessible like, and you're only oh, five yes. minutes from the, oh, the yes. train station five minutes and you can walk across the park which is even you know it's it's, it's lovely and as you see the train station is, is getting a huge investment at the minute with the lovely new um, platform out the front and it really is um, 
going to be a great place in another 18 to, 18 to 24 months. I want to ask you about your afternoon tea because <laughs> afternoon tea is so in vogue at the moment and it oh, is yes. such a nice way to spend mm. an afternoon and you have the views here as we said over the park mm. and everything and you, you host it mm-hmm. in the drawing room. We do, we do it here in the drawing room and in the park room. Afternoon tea as you say is very much in vogue um, and afternoon tea um, you know, it's great because people are with afternoon tea you're, you're nearly forced to take time together with people um, which is the really nice thing about it and we see people here you know we, we, we use the mix match china because what we find is it's a great talking point um, people are picking up the cups and saying oh my granny used to have this my auntie used to have this set we used to have this set at home so it's a great talking point and they love the whole mix match china idea mind you it is a challenge going around to all the antique shops picking up china <laughs> but um and keeping keeping it in stock but it is it's a great people love it um and as, as you said it's time to talk over the tea um, recently we have um, twinned with Cahill's Tea Shop in Limerick um, which is the oldest tea and tobacconist shop here in the city and uh, they're providing us with some teas and uh, for our afternoon tea and it's been wonderful you know because tea is tea is very much in vogue itself the afternoon tea experience yes but the actual tea is too and as I said, I think the most the nicest thing about it is it forces people to take time to talk. And then, of course, we have the gentleman's tea, because I think a lot of people think that afternoon tea is for the ladies. Um, and we have the princess tea for the little ladies and the prince tea, of course. Um, but the gentleman's tea is new. We've, we have that about um, a year now where we pair the afternoon tea with the craft beer. And it's great because, it, you know, it's most men love the afternoon tea experience but I think they make an assumption sometimes it's for the ladies but it's not no you know it's it's very much for that's for everyone a, that's a great idea to put the yeah. craft beer what craft beers do you have here um well there's a couple of them the treaty city obviously is our is our local beer so um and everybody loves it um it's short you know short short supply sometimes but the treaty beer uh longville house cider in mallow again it's only down the road um we've the craigie cider um which is, is a very, very different cider. Um, we call it the lady cider. Um, those three in particular are, are very popular, you know. Um, I think the treaty being Limerick City, we do try and encourage people to try it when they're here because I think, again, the craft beer experience is about trying something when you're in the location. You mentioned Longville House there yes, and both yes. yourself and Longville House would be members of Blue Book Ireland. Yes, yes, indeed. How important do you find it is to belong to an organisation like that? Oh, I think, you know, it it gives us a great opportunity. You know, we're we're part of a collection, but yet we're all independent. And I think, you know, the Blue Book is a wonderful brand, um, not just in Ireland, but internationally, and probably even more known internationally. Um, and I think the Blue Book, you know, by having somebody like Number One Perry Square join the Blue Book, we're a little d- different dimension, being more of a boutique-style property with, with a spa and being in an urban location um it's a new dimension and i think you know the blue book are are catering for all markets now um it's it's very important to us from a business perspective we have um seen a lot of new customers come through the door um and it helps us to work together with other blue book properties to refer business to like-minded places which is 
which is the real joy in it, I think, you know. Because do you feel as an independent hotelier, like you're not (coughs) part of a larger group, whereas if you were part of a larger group, Mm. you'd be meeting colleagues from different destinations regularly and Mm. that's a great opportunity to brainstorm and to talk about the challenges of the industry. Networking is invaluable. Networking is absolutely invaluable. And it's, you know, sharing stories and finding little solutions that other people may have found already. Uh, that in itself is that that is another bonus I guess to being other than just the business that the blue book would bring um but sharing stories is, is really it is really wonderful and solving problems <laughs> solving small problems um that we all have and that we forget that we all have that we can solve together is is, is very important as well do you get much time to go and visit <clears throat> some of the other properties not as much as I used to <laughs> um but I do try. We do try. I think it's actually very important that we do um, go and see other like-minded properties. Blue Book here in Ireland, and we try and get internationally as much as we can because, I, you know, refining the guest experience is very important. And we, you know, in these days, you know, you don't just build it and they will come. You have to keep innovation. You have to keep change. People like to see something new. And here at number one, I guess we're very lucky. We have a lot of repeat guests, but we like to be able to see for them to see that. The product is continuously progressing as well. 2017 then, what does it hold for one Perry Square? Yeah, God, it's got to be with the days when you could do a three-year plan. <laughs> um, what does it hold? Um, I guess, you know, we now that we're eight years old, we have been doing quite a bit of work to our bedrooms. Um, we have given them a little facelift. How many bedrooms um, do you we have? We have 20 in total. Um, we have given about six seven of them a facelift already again just to try and refine their guest experience um lots of new little things i think the whole afternoon tea experience will evolve even more next year um i can see the introduction of a tea butler and um lots of little things like that happening and i guess the most exciting thing for us is that limerick as a destination is has evolved so much and you know eight years ago I have defining moments of walking out of here in the evenings and seeing nobody in the city. And that has changed hugely. And the importance of that to our business is just, you know, words can't describe how important it is for, for us to, to survive and to be able to maintain and grow our business over the next few years. So I think seeing Limerick grow is, and all the great things happening um, with the Limerick, alongside the Limerick 2030 plan. Well, continue brings us security as well. Well, continued success with it. Thanks very much for having me today. Thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the full show later in the week on the podcast, which is on my website, SharonNoonan.com, or have a look there for it in iTunes to download free of charge, and you can listen to it using the podcast app. So far on the show tonight, Rosemary Bennis in Newcastle West's Sonus Health Food Shop had lots of suggestions as to how we can alleviate the ill effects suffered as a result of overindulging, be it food or drink. And just before the break, I was in the Georgian Quarter in Limerick City where I met Patricia Roberts in One Perry Square. So it's time for the final interview of the evening and we're staying in Limerick but we're moving towards its outskirts to the new home of the Limerick Urban Co-op. It's an interesting setup and Deirdre McMahon and Anne Maher met me there to explain the foundation of this amazing social enterprise and their exciting plans for 2017. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. 
Deirdre, congratulations on the new home for the Urban Co-op. Tell us how it all started. Well, it started quite a long time ago now. It's almost um, four years ago. There was um, an announcement I saw it on Facebook and it was in some of the papers asking people to come to a meeting about starting a cooperative grocery store. So um, there were a lot of meetings for the first eight months or so. And then eventually 19 of us decided to just put some money on the table, buy a company and just start. So we operated at the beginning for six months as a buying club. Uh, literally just buying in from local suppliers and selling at cost to the members to see if it would work, to see if there was potential for something bigger. And we found that it worked extremely well and that there was huge, huge interest. And we grew the membership up to 50 or 60 people in that first six months. So after that, then in January 2014, we opened as a walk-in shop, initially just for one day. And then we built it up slowly to uh, three days a week. So we've come up here now to our new place and we're still only open three days a week, but it's working out really well for us and we're hoping to uh, expand the opening hours uh, in the near future. The product range has evolved somewhat since you first started. So just tell the listeners exactly what it is that they're going to find here to buy. It's very much evolved um, and it's been completely member led. So because we're a cooperative, our customers are our members and they're able to tell us what they would like to buy. So even though we started with a very limited range, we now have a very broad range. Um, We reckon we have the best organic fruit and vegetable range in the city. And again, if there's anything a customer wants, they ask us and we see if we can get it. We also have a big range of whole foods, nuts, seeds, grains, nut butters, honeys, teas, coffees, all that kind of thing. And we also sell um, raw milk, which is one of our favorite products. Um, We've also got uh, organic bone broth and um, some lovely locally made kombucha. And I suppose one of the things that I'm personally the most proud of is uh, encouraging startups, small producers who start from from nothing. <laughs> We're very proud that we've been the first place to stock a few of the products that are now really, really um, popular all over the city and even the country. Uh, we also have sourdough bread, which is uh, extremely popular and um, lots of other things. A number of the products are Irish products, even County Limerick. I see Caroline Rigney's uh, granola there and Con's lovely honey that's many award-winning products in fact but you do import some products but you're very very specific as to what you will import. Yeah that's right and I mean we would love to be able to get everything local but that's just you know that's not possible at the moment and because it has been uh, built up member-led uh, what our members were looking for was uh, mainly organic and to be able to get organic everything locally is just not possible. So yeah, we have a, an importer, but everything that we get from them is organic. Everything that they have on their stock list is organic. So that suits us, and we know they're very ethical. And they're even looking at um, you know organic not being high enough. They have biodynamic certification on a lot of their stuff as well. So uh, that suits us. Whenever you're in business, it's challenging enough if there's two of you in it. So whenever there's a big group of you and it's not for profit, social enterprise type of business, you have a number of principles there that you have up in the wall that people must adhere to. Yeah, well, I suppose at the very beginning when you get involved, um, we would very much stress the cooperative principles. You know, this is a cooperative that has built up from pretty much nothing, which is 19 people. And uh, it's very important to us that, um, you know, the ethics of the business are known to everybody and that they would take that on board. It's also a very social type of place for people to come and do their shopping. 
It is. And we're really proud of that. And particularly for people coming with their children that, um, you know, there's never anyone telling people to be quiet or anything like that. And we've got a lovely little shopping trolley for the kids that they absolutely love to uh, run around with and help their mums and dads and that kind of thing. It's a very easy place to do your shopping. Um, We have a lot of customers with... Um, digestive issues or possibly with children with special needs and they love to come here because it's got such a relaxed atmosphere and you know everybody's very helpful because I suppose you know we are most of us are volunteers so we're here because we want to be here and uh, we're always happy to help. So you have a wealth of knowledge then that you're happy to share with your customers? Yes absolutely and that's um, definitely becoming a more and more important thing um, you'd see new people when they come in that their first visit they are often here for quite a long time you know having a long chat with myself or Anne or Kathleen or Paul even that you know we do have a lot of knowledge and we're happy to share it and there is I think a yearning out there now for nutrition knowledge in general. And one of the ways that you share that knowledge is through the Wise Traditions Conference that you hold each year and you've plans to hold it again in 2017, Nan. That's right. And we can't believe actually that this is going to be the third one. We thought it was going to be a once off. But yes, we're going to be holding the Wise Traditions Ireland Conference again on the 25th and 26th of March. Again, we've got a great lineup of speakers um, and the theme of the conference this year is called Changing Our Minds. And it's a very good theme because it encompasses things like we have to change our mind about what actually nourishes us often there's lots of question marks about the guidelines that we are given in terms of what we should eat our public health crises that we're facing in terms of obesity and diabetes etc there's a lot of uh, problems also that we have to look at in terms of mental health issues. So one of the things we're doing with this conference is looking at addressing it from the nutrition point of view. So we should have the tickets should be on sale at the moment. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be very exciting. We're really, really looking forward to it. And thankfully with the Urban Co-op as well, it's an opportunity to educate people about the Western Price Foundation as well because it is a, a fantastic source of you know, good, solid advice about nutrition. Basically, what were the wise traditions of cultures? What were they doing that was right to keep themselves healthy? And how could we apply that in the 21st century? So um, one of the things with the Urban Co-op, basically because it's in Limerick and the Wise Traditions Ireland Conference is going to be in Thomond Park, um, Limerick happens to be a lovely hub for this knowledge and more and more people are getting to know about it which is fantastic so obviously the fact that it's gone on to its third year shows that uh, it certainly has attraction in the area. Just remind the listeners who Weston Price was. Weston Price himself was a dentist, an American dentist in um, Cincinnati. He took a trip around the world looking at traditional cultures his main objective as a dentist, he was wanting to visit these cultures that he heard about that had beautiful teeth. And he wanted to find out, number one, uh, was it true that they were as healthy as he had heard? And number two, what were they doing to make themselves so healthy? How come they had so much uh, good dental health and good overall robust health? So he happened to write a book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration about his travels and what he found and what was interesting about this book in the 1930s was the fact that he had a camera and he took photographs of the dental structure of uh, these traditional cultures. Now when I say traditional cultures it sounds very far away but he would have looked at people from 
for example, the Aborigines, people from um, the west of Scotland, um, Eskimos, uh, South Sea Islanders. He really travelled right around the world. And what he did was he compared the people who, who ate a traditional diet with people in nearby communities, but that they were eating what he would have called the foods of modern commerce, such as the flour, the sugar, the wheats, etc. And he found a distinct difference between those who ate traditional foods to those who ate the foods of modern commerce. Now, the Western Price Foundation was set up by Sally Fallon, and it's a not-for-profit nutrition organization which promotes his work. So foods such as fermented foods, bone broths that we've already mentioned, grass-fed meats, um, organic foods, all of these were common denominators of the type of diets that the traditional cultures had. Now, of course, we have to bring it into the 21st century and adapt it to our own where we are at the moment. But thankfully, I think the urban co-op is an ideal example of how to apply that. And one of the speakers, you're going to have lots of speakers, international speakers, but some of the speakers are fairly local, including Jim Cronin, is it one of your vegetable Mm. suppliers? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things we wanted to focus on this year particularly was the the wealth of knowledge that happens to be in Ireland. Um, In the last few years, we've brought in international speakers, but um, we actually recognise that we have some gems here as well. And we are thrilled that Jim has agreed to speak as well because he's, we can taste the value of his food direct. You know, he's very strong on the nutrition of the soil will come through to the nutrition of the food. Um, And so we're very excited about having him on board. And I think that's a very important point that consumers must be aware of, that if something costs a lot less than something else, you have to question why that is. Yeah, we're, we have to emphasise the quality. Now, I think, I suppose, with the Urban Co-op, what we're trying to marry is the idea that can we ma- mix quality and price? Now, we bring down the price of the products because we volunteer our time. So, um, But we're also adding in our knowledge as well and making the community about... Uh, adding to the community of us getting better. Um, but ultimately, yes, you do have to respect the work that people do to create food for us and um, and educating people that yes you must invest in the health of yourself uh, with good quality food we often are quite okay about paying a lot for consultants to sort out problems at the end but actually use that money for good food instead well before we finish up you're going to tell me about your plans for the actual site itself for 2017 One of the things that we're very excited about in the Urban Co-op is that we're actually in the site of Tate House, which has, as a social enterprise uh, project, has major plans to develop what's called the Urban Farm. Um, Coincidentally, we are the Urban Co-op, but actually where the building is on the site of Tate House is actually um, the original walled garden of the house. Now, at the moment, it's a derelict site, but the plan is to re-establish this as the original walled garden. So to bring back the beautiful gardens with um, productive gardens, fruit trees, polytunnels, etc. So And I see a vinery. And a vinery as well, indeed. Uh, no plans n- quite yet to be making wine, but at the same time, who knows? I mean, we cannot believe how lucky we are to be in such a beautiful site and like at the beginning of something really, really exciting. So the plan uh, is to model it on airfield in Dublin and uh, so 
it's one of the things we are very eager to show our customers that this is the start of something really, really major. So we invite all people to come and see us, come and grow with us, uh, become part of the Urban Co-op, come and get well, come and nourish yourselves, come and be kind to your pocket. And if they want to get more information, do you have a website or a Facebook page that we can direct them to? Absolutely. We are the urbancoop.ie. Fantastic. We'll listen all the best for 2017 continued success. Thank you very much, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleite. So that was my visit to the Urban Co-op and I came home with a lovely bone broth and some sourdough bread. Delicious. So that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks so much to all of this evening's guests, Rosemary Bennis, Patricia Roberts, Deirdre McMahon and Anne Maher. Next week, it's going to be Second Helpings and the following week too as we take a break for the Christmas and New Year period. So I will be back around, I think it's the 10th of January with a brand new show for you. And all that remains is to wish you all a very happy and healthy Christmas and New Year. Thanks so much for your support in 2016 and tuning in. And I look forward to returning in 2017. And as I said, do get in touch if you're a food and drink business and you'd like to be a guest on the show or if you feel that there's something I should feature. I would love to hear from you. s.noonan at live.ie. Until 2017, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit.